If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes, but let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Breaking news tonight, a global health emergency. The new worldwide alert as that deadly coronavirus spreads to at least 20 countries. Here in the U.S., the first case of the infection being passed from one person to another. Are Americans now at risk? Supreme rejection, the dramatic moment during the impeachment trial. The presiding officer declines to read the question as submitted. Plus, why Republicans are optimistic the president could be acquitted as soon as tomorrow. Missing children mystery, the mother of two kids who vanished months ago, turns up in Hawaii with a new husband, but without her children. Tonight, the deadline set by a judge. CBS News exclusive after two sightseeing helicopter crashes last year, stunning new allegations from an FAA whistleblower. Did the government agency stop its inspectors from doing their jobs? Survival story, a teenager sickened by vaping gets a second chance, the medical first that saved his life. Taunting his rivals, President Trump heads to Iowa on the eve of the caucuses. Yeah, I'll never forget that night. The new Super Bowl ad featuring a former Super Bowl star, James Brown with the campaign to inspire change from inside the NFL. Tiny lifesaver, the lesson this third grader learned in school and why he's being called a hero tonight. And prime real estate, they found waterfront property 30 years ago and never gave it up. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening and thank you so much for joining us. We're going to begin with breaking news. That deadly coronavirus is now spreading so quickly that the World Health Organization is calling it a global emergency. More than 8,000 people have now been infected worldwide and hundreds have died. Outside of Chicago, there are new fears tonight after the CDC says it has confirmed the first case in this country of someone passing the virus to another person. There are nearly 100 other Americans now being tested in the U.S. And Adriana Diaz leads off our coverage tonight from outside of the hospital where the latest case was diagnosed. The infected Chicago man is in isolation at this hospital. Today, health officials said he showed symptoms of the new coronavirus two days ago. This second case did not travel to China, making this the first person-to-person -person transmission of the novel coronavirus in the United States. He was exposed to the virus by his wife, who returned from Wuhan January 13th and was soon diagnosed. Both are in their 60s and were potentially in close contact for up to 11 days. This brings the U.S.'s confirmed cases to six, with at least 90 tests still pending. The incubation period appears to be about 2 to 14 days. 
CBS News Chief Medical Correspondent Dr. John LaPook. The math makes perfect sense, and especially with a husband and wife living closely together, it's not at all surprising that she infected him. The number of cases in China has exploded past 7,000, but the World Health Organization says its declaration of a global health emergency was prompted by what it's seeing around the world. Our greatest concern is the potential for the virus to spread to countries with weaker health systems. Fear is spreading too. A false alarm on a cruise ship in Italy today left thousands trapped aboard before authorities gave the all clear. And health officials evaluating 195 Americans housed at a California airbase officially put one person under quarantine because they wanted to leave before getting medically evaluated. Once somebody feels perfectly fine, at that point, after they've recovered from the virus, can they still spread the virus? We just don't know yet. Back here outside Chicago, state health officials say they are also monitoring 21 people, including healthcare workers who had close contact with both patients. They consider close contact at least 10 minutes face to face. Nora? All right, Adriana Diaz, thank you. And tonight, the U.S. Senate is on the brink of crucial Friday votes that could bring an end to the impeachment trial and an acquittal of President Trump. Nancy Cordes reports tonight from Capitol Hill. It is wrong. It is corrupt. It is lawless. Enough is enough. Stop all of this. The question from Senator Baldwin. Senators lobbed pointed questions at the lawyers today as they all brace for a pivotal vote tomorrow. Should the Senate take into account the partisan nature of the impeachment proceedings in the House? Absolutely you should take that into account. That's dispositive. That should end it. If the Senate acquits the president on Article 2, what is to stop President Trump from complete refusal to cooperate with Congress on any matter? In short, the consequence is there is no constraint on this president or any other. There was one question Chief Justice Roberts refused to read. Mr. Chief Justice. Senator from Kentucky. It came from Republican Rand Paul, who sought to reveal the name of the CIA whistleblower whose memo launched the impeachment inquiry. The presiding officer declines to read the question as submitted. Senate Republicans believe they're on track to narrowly vote down testimony from new witnesses, like former National Security Advisor John Bolton. I don't think we can continue to just fish and fish and fish so that Adam Schiff can finally get somebody who can, who can back up his uh, very incomplete record. I think they, they have this head in the sands attitude where if they just don't look at the facts, they won't be forced to vote any other way and they could just support their president for political reasons. And Nancy joins us now. So if the vote to call witnesses fails, how quickly could the Senate move to the final vote on the articles of impeachment? Well, Nora, some Republicans think they could take that final acquittal vote tomorrow night. They say they're willing to stay as late as they need to to make that happen. But Democrats tell us that's not very likely. They could call for things like more time to deliberate or more time for closing arguments, which would push all this into the weekend. All right, Nancy, we'll continue to be watching it. Thank you. And tonight, we're watching a situation in Hawaii where a couple from Idaho could face charges for failing to prove that their children are alive and well. Lori Vallow's son and daughter have not been seen since September, and Vallow and her new husband are also under suspicion for a string of mysterious deaths. Here's Nikki Batiste. Why don't you give us answers? 
That's great. Lori Vallow and her new husband, Chad Daybell, refused to answer a reporter's questions after they were located in Hawaii this past weekend. You have nothing to say? In November, two months after 17-year-old Tylee Ryan and 7-year-old Joshua J.J. Vallow were last seen, police say Lori Vallow lied to them about the children's whereabouts and then disappeared a day later. Relatives say Vallow met Daybell before she was divorced. Charles Vallow filed for divorce in February 2019, concerned not only about his wife's radical behavior, but also about seven-year-old J.J.'s safety. He said his wife made claims she was working to carry out Christ's second coming and that if he got in her way, she would murder him. Just five months later, Charles Vallow was shot and killed by Lori's brother, Alex Cox, who claimed self-defense. He came at me with a bat. This body camera video shows Chandler, Arizona police interviewing Cox right after the shooting. Three months later in October, Chad Daybell's wife, Tammy, mysteriously died in Idaho. He married Vallow about two weeks later. Then in December, Alex Cox also died of unknown causes. JJ's grandparents, Larry and Kay Woodcock, just want to know the kids are safe. Bring the kids. That's it. That's Bring it. them. That's all we need to know. Show me they're alive. Just it. I just spoke with the FBI. They say an agent did just meet with the grandparents in Idaho. CBS News reached out to Lori Vallow and Chad Daybell's lawyer, but we have not heard back. Nora. All right, Nikki, thank you so much. Now a CBS News exclusive. New questions about the safety and oversight of sightseeing helicopters. An FAA insider is making serious accusations tonight after two deadly crashes in Hawaii. Chris Van Cleve has more on the allegations. In December, a sightseeing helicopter crashed in Kauai, Hawaii, killing all seven aboard. FAA whistleblower Joseph Monfort, a former Army helicopter pilot and FAA employee since 2009, now says he was prevented from inspecting the aircraft prior to the crash. Telling Senate investigators his FAA bosses twice denied him travel authorization to visit the helicopter company, making it next to impossible to perform adequate FAA oversight. Another chopper crash in Hawaii, this one in April that killed three people, is also getting new scrutiny tonight. The whistleblower claims the FAA did not provide adequate oversight that could have prevented the accident. Senator Roger Wicker is demanding the whistleblower's claims be investigated. John Golia served on the NTSB. It's very concerning. The folks at the top need to take a good look at what's going on. Uh, when there's this much smoke, there's got to be fire underneath here somewhere. These latest allegations come as the Transportation Department's Inspector General is poised to find the FAA provided ineffective oversight of Southwest Airlines, who allegedly flew millions of passengers on jets with unconfirmed maintenance records. The FAA says it takes these new allegations very seriously and will fully cooperate. Chris Van Cleve, CBS News, Los Angeles. Now to campaign 2020, as we are just days away from the first contest in Iowa. Tonight, you could call it the political version of trading places. While the Senate impeachment trial is keeping four Democrats running for president in Washington, President Trump is in Des Moines for a political rally of his own. And Major Garrett is there. President Trump's supporters lined up early for tonight's campaign rally, part of an administration-wide effort to steal attention from Democrats days before Monday's caucuses. Vice President Pence is already here. America will never be a socialist country. 
and he will be followed by cabinet secretaries and campaign officials flooding the state this weekend. Thank you, man. Former Vice President Joe Biden on a 17-county swing through Iowa said the president must be concerned. I never saw another party have so much interest in, in a Democratic caucus. Biden's closing argument here spotlights Mr. Trump's character. Welcome to Donald Trump's world. Up is down, lies are the truth, allies are enemies, everything is through the looking glass. The main point. Meanwhile, Iowa frontrunner Bernie Sanders remained in Washington for the impeachment trial. Amid increasing party concern about Sanders' momentum, a Democratic super PAC began running this TV ad raising doubts about his swing state appeal. I doubt if Bernie Sanders can beat Trump. Michigan, Pennsylvania, Iowa, they're just not going to vote for a socialist. Sanders tried to take advantage of the attacks in this ad. It is no secret that our campaign is taking on the political establishment and the big money interests. South Bend Mayor Pete Buttigieg well organized and within striking distance of Sanders and Biden here today criticized both by name for the first time. As for the president, this rally is packed and with dozens of pro-Trump surrogates heading here, it's clear Mr. Trump sees Iowa as a key Midwest building block of his re-election campaign. Nora? Looks like a packed crowd there. Major, thank you. When you watch the Super Bowl on Sunday, in between all the ads will be a public service announcement featuring a former NFL star with a serious message. CBS News special correspondent James Brown on how this former player is creating change. I'll never forget that night. My wife walks up after the game. They told me that my cousin Corey had been killed. Former NFL player Anquan Bolden's cousin, Corey Jones, was shot by a police officer in 2015. The officer was eventually sentenced to 25 years in prison, but the case opened Bolden's eyes. You're, you're happy that justice was served, but then I soon found out that he was actually the first officer that was convicted in the state of Florida on an on-duty shooting in the last 30 years. I retired to fight for social justice issues. In 2017, Bolden decided to retire after a stellar 14-year NFL career. I stepped away to focus on the Players Coalition. I felt like something was more important than scoring touchdowns. Bolden co-founded the Players Coalition with Eagle star Malcolm Jenkins. The group of former and current NFL players was formed in the midst of player protests. Its $90 million partnership with the NFL seeks to improve social justice issues around the country. Every guy that is a part of the coalition is dedicated. See guys going to meet with different lawmakers, senators, and congressmen. Working through the system. Yes. To effect change. Most definitely. The coalition helped pass legislation in Florida to allow 1.4 million former convicts to vote. In Massachusetts, it helped raise the legal age for juveniles from 7 to 12. We're concerned about our country. And as citizens in this country, we want to do something about it. For CBS Evening News, James Brown, Palm Beach County, Florida. The late Gwen Ifill received a new honor today, and it's forever. A commemorative stamp featuring the legendary journalist was unveiled here in Washington. The U.S. Postal Service calls Ifill a national treasure. She died in 2016 at age 61 after breaking through gender and racial barriers in broadcast news and beyond. Today, the first person to receive a double lung transplant after his lungs were irreversibly damaged by vaping is sharing his story. The 17-year-old had faced certain death without the surgery. Here's Dean Reynolds with the message he has for his twin brother. 
Daniel Ament remembers vaping last September and then waking up more than a month later after an emergency double lung transplant to save his life. I couldn't talk or move because my muscles had all atrophied. So like I didn't have enough strength to even like lift up my head. He and his mother, Tammy, recalled those harrowing weeks. 40 days went by since you went to the first ER and you don't have any memory until after the lung transplant. I lost all my They give you a medication yeah. that makes you forget. He's speaking out now to warn against e-cigarettes. I just don't want this to happen to other people. As strong as his story is, nicotine addiction from vaping is hard to break even in his own family. His twin brother can't stop vaping. I asked him this morning if he wants to stop and if he, you know, if he wants my help to get help, and he said maybe, but he stopped for a while, but he went back to it. What do you tell your brother? That he's being stupid. Daniel, who is 17, now takes 20 pills a day and will be on medication for the rest of his life. And his dream of being a Navy SEAL is finished. Today, his goal is more modest, to live. Dean Reynolds, CBS News, Gross Point, Michigan. Timothy Prather is a real lifesaver. The third grader from Raymer, Tennessee, jumped into action to help his three-year-old cousin who was choking on a piece of candy. Timothy knew just what to do. He'd seen the Heimlich maneuver on a poster at school. I took him and then I started pushing on his stomach like this. I just felt happy that he's alive. Well, guess what? That poster was hung by a teacher 14 years ago. She hoped kids would pay attention and maybe someday save a life. That teacher was right. If you're looking for some cheap land with a great view on San Francisco Bay, forget it. Some visitors beat you to it a long time ago. John Blackstone reports the city hopes they never leave. It was 30 years ago this month that hundreds of smelly, noisy sea lions invaded the boat docks of Pier 39 on San Francisco's Fisherman's Wharf. Sheila Shandor had just started her job as harbor master back then. If you can imagine 1,400 animals on that dock, it was just a seething mass of sea lion noise. And smell. And smell. Oh, yeah, it was herring season. But the blubbery marine mammals quickly became an unlikely tourist attraction. Have you done any estimate of how many tourists over 30 years now have come to see the sea lions? It's got to be in the millions. In appreciation for bringing in all those tourists, San Francisco is celebrating the sea lions with 30 colorful sculptures going up around town and a proclamation by the mayor. It will always be remembered as Sea Lion Day in the city and county of San Francisco. It's a lot of excitement over an animal that spends much of its time just lying in the sun. Want some entertainment from them and it's got nothing. It's the first time we've been here, we thought we'd come and have a look. It is perhaps a part of their appeal. The sea lions are free to come and go, but they have kept coming back. But you do worry that one day they'll find somewhere else to go. We do, but we don't speak about that. <laughs> they have gone from a nuisance to a necessity. You could say the sea lions have sealed the deal. John Blackstone, CBS News, San Francisco. Not bad. They spend a lot of their time just lying in the sun. Goals. On tomorrow's CBS Evening News, Steve Hartman with how one man's announcement is about to change hundreds of lives. 
You got to tune in to see what those reactions are all about. And if you can't watch live, don't forget to set your DVR so you can watch us later. And that's tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell. We'll see you right back here tomorrow. Good night. Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News business analyst, certified financial planner, and host of the Money Watch podcast. This is the show where your money is not scary. It is a show that's all about you. It's your questions that make it possible for me to provide unconventional and entertaining insights on your money, and maybe more importantly, on your life. Follow Money Watch wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on the Amazon Music or Wondery app.